All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Triple D, Deacons Discussing Doctrine, with Father Lynn, Deacon Dallas, and myself, Deacon Tim. I hope we're uh, I hope we're coming in loud and clear. Looks like we've got 17 viewers so far. Uh, we don't have any comments yet, so it's hard for me to, to see for sure. And that's quiet. So we're testing everything out, folks. So if you uh, are hearing us loud and clear, give us some thumbs up so we can so we can see it. And if you heard the uh, if, if you heard the song good, then that's good. So we had some technical difficulties to get started here tonight. We had to switch venues at the last minute. And so we're a little bit discombobulated. Loud and clear with 17 viewers is what I see. So <laughs> we might still be having some glitches because I'm watching myself live and well it is delayed, Dallas. So don't oh, don't okay. so don't get don't don't get confused there. There we go. Now we got some hearts and stuff, so uh it is it is happening. We got a trash a try view. We have a picture of everybody, so everybody has their own computer, their own camera. Uh, let's start with Deacon Dallas to say hello to everybody and Deacon Dallas, you want to just welcome everybody? Hello. Welcome. I'm Deacon Dallas and we picked the, uh, friends theme song because I like the words to it. If you listen to the words, everything we're going through right now, we're coming to join together as friends. So and who's next? Father Lynn's up next. Father, Hello, everybody. Father Lynn's here. He's your beloved pastor. Um, hopefully, you like seeing his uh, videos. If you haven't seen his cooking video this morning, what was it this morning, Father? Salmon? Uh, the Asian pastel salmon served with asparagus and barley. <laughs> So if you tried the if you tried that recipe tonight, make sure you uh, you can put a comment in the Facebook post there. So, uh, and I am uh, Deacon Tim Stout, your uh, I guess co-host with with Dallas. And uh, so, what we wanted to do tonight is kind of pick up where we left off last week with uh, to answer some of the questions. Did you lose oh, your? Those mine are here. These are mine. I think you left yours over in the other venue. You want to go grab them? Or you want to? Yeah. And don't forget, if you've got questions along the way, just make sure you let us you let us know. Um, so the first question that we had, actually, we were going to talk about uh, charitable giving. We were going to talk about charitable giving, and uh, one of the most important things that you can do this time, at this time during this crisis, is to give your your weekly contribution. Uh, just like you were coming to church, and the best way to do that is to donate online. Uh, we've set up a real easy uh, URL here at the bottom. You can see it ssfj.org, and if you can. Uh, 
click that in and go take a look at that. You will be able to uh, give your weekly contributions online and really help out the, the parish in this time of need. I know lots of people are out there suffering uncertainty and stuff. Um, and obviously that affects the church and uh, its ability to keep operating in, in what we try to do in our mission in the community and in the parish. So please consider giving. Father, did you want to say anything about that at all? Oh, yeah. You know, it's a very critical time. You know, each and every one of us, of course, very anxious about this whole concern, but specifically for the church itself, you know, thriving the will be necessary need to try to sustain and that part of the family mission that we rely on everybody to be generous and be aware of the need, you know, in the church thrive generosity, you know, when everybody in crisis and definitely the church be aware of that too. So make sure everyone understands that have a that into consideration you know with anything that can support us we'll forward with this well well said well said so uh, obviously you go to the website too main the main parish website ss francis and john dot online dot org i think is what it is uh, i'll pull that up here in a little bit and we'll take a look at that as well uh, but give if you can give so um that's the most important thing we can say is give us if you can give. Uh, then we wanted to follow up from last week. We had a couple questions after we went offline. Uh, one of those questions is, what is the difference between an ordinary and the bishop? And are they always the same person? So who wants to take that question? <laughs> well, we had this discussion the next day, if you remember, back in the sacristy. The well, the way it's worded, let me see it. What is the difference between the ordinary and the bishop? Well, the bishop is the ordinary. In every case, Father? No, the two terminology are <laughs> completely different. First of all, the word bishop is from the Episcopal see. It had to do with it being ordained as the highest ordination. Uh, of course, in the rank of ordination, we have deacon and then priest, and the supreme is uh, Episcopal see, which is bishop. But the term ordinary is associated with a governing body that dictate by canon law that has superior governing in, in his jurisdiction. Um, if you remember back in early time, you know, they're all bishop, okay, uh, take ordinary, but it's not ordained, you know, uh, that's some of the He was a lay, could be a lay person, correct? Could be a lay person, okay. Could be a deacon, could be, didn't have to be correct. a priest. But up until, I think it was until, don't quote on me, I'm not good to the history. I would say until the 13th century, there were most of that had changed, uh, even a pope, well, there was a time that was not, bishop was not, uh, is a lay person. And so had to go through ordination. So the two terminology, uh, 
through we we forgot about the history of it, but in time, it kind of fused together at one. We take it for granted, but it was clearly to this day there is a terminology ordinary. Yes, it's ordinary is a bishop. Now, yes, okay, uh, it had to be a bishop. Yes, uh, is a is the ordinary is a bishop. Yes, is it or the bishop is an ordinary? No, because they're all. A titular bishop, which is auxiliary bishop, bishop that is not uh, a point as highest like the thing of real loud, loud with you guys. In Chicago, for example, they have up to uh, seven auxiliary bishop and the archbishop, you know, Chaput, um, right? No. Uh, Chicago a, is a. Uh, poo, poo, poo. Blaze. It's a blaze? Shupich. 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 Okay, he is the cardinal and also known as the archbishop. So, uh, what people may hear a lot of like uh, Bishop Bob Barron in War and Fire, he's just an auxiliary only, okay? In LA, in, in LA, and his boss is um, Gonzalez, right? Uh, Gomez, Gomez, he is the, he is the president of uh, USCCB now. So, therefore, you know, those two terminology oftentimes it we use it so ordinarily and we get so, but clearly there is two distinctions, uh, ordinary and uh, vision in that distinction. That's my thoughts. You need to move your camera over so you're a little bit more centered in it. There you go, that's good. Um, well, good question. And I, and I can't remember who submitted that question, but uh, hopefully they got the answer. Did you pop up and say that too? It's rolling. Okay, it, it's back now. It's back. Somebody give us give us. Oh, hold on, hold on. Let's, let's let's make sure. It's... <laughs> Anybody can hear us out there? Give us a thumbs up. Let's see if we went back live again. It's on. Yeah, we're back, but I'm not sure Facebook picked us back up yet. Speak up right now, right here. I can see you. If someone give us a thumb up. Okay, so we are back. We are back. So this is always what? How many? How much? Have a have a second delay. Yeah, twenty. No, so you got Facebook up over there too. Mm -hmm. So you can take. Okay, so we're we are back. All right, so we're back. Sorry about that little glitch there, folks. That's that's technology at its best. So we were talking about plenary indulgence. Father, you want to take that question? Or? No, I'll leave it to Dallas. Dallas. He, he Dallas. Did, he did extensive research. What is a plenary, pl, plenary, plenary indulgence? Okay. An indulgence is, it goes back to the binding and loosing of the church. We find in Matthew 16, 18, whatever you bind and loose on earth, the church has the authority, and in this case, the Pope, to take the merits of the treasure in heaven and, and apply them by certain rules that the church sets forth. And in this case, if you are granted this indulgence that's taken from the treasures of heaven, from the merits of all the saints, you, it lessens your time in purgatory, okay? But it comes with requirements. This latest one with the Pope, you had to receive the blessing. You have to, and now he did extend the time to, to the next available uh, time that you can get to these next things. You have to receive the Eucharist. 
you have to uh, go to confession at the nearest moment that you can. You have to uh, pray for the Pope's intentions that he prays for every day. You have to pray along with him and ask God to uh, grant his intentions. And you also have to um, um, try to the best of your ability to separate yourself from all sin. This this includes uh, mortal and venial sin. If you meet those requirements, then you receive a plenary indulgence, which will basically, well, if he was to die at that moment, would, would basically there would be no purgatory time straight to heaven. But if you don't receive the plenary indulgence, you receive what's called a partial indulgence. Now, you might not have met all those requirements. And the hardest one of those to meet is to separate yourself from all venial, you know, to, to, to your will to turn away from all sin, venial and mortal. Anything to add to that, Padre? Yeah, the indulgence itself, that, that this one is specifically by the Pope implemented plenty of indulgence, but there are others uh, to receive part like First Friday, uh, you do that. There is a lot of tradition that the church plays upon the faithful to to a, a great desire for the, you say, the treasure from heaven of, 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 of relief from the uh, condemnation. So therefore, it's a temporal punishment. A temporal punishment, yeah. And so, therefore, there are many ways to achieve the indulgence. Yeah, not just this blessing. Not this blessing There's actually right. a book of indulgences. Right. It lists several marital things that you can do. To well, I remember. You remember when the diocese celebrated our anniversary? Uh, the, the the bishop opened up uh, visit churches. Remember that at our church, Saint Francis, the cell was one of location. For people to visit and pray and to be part of that prayer indulgence that was the edict that was given to us. So there are many other ways you can achieve that. But for me, you know, why all this beautiful thing, it, it, I, I can see it's beautiful, it's coming back. It, it never lost in the church, you know that. And, and so many people has lost that. But but for me the, the beautiful things about look at this indulgence it, it's it drawn us deeper to the faith you know what I'm saying like we have lost the whole thing about like uh, first Friday we don't do that anymore right um, visit churches you don't remember the time on we, pilgrimages yes sir when we cross we, we walk by the Catholic church what do we do what take off our hat do the sign of the cross am I right yeah and we stop doing that uh, we. We walk by the cemetery. My God, we our heart pray for them. Uh, so all the indulgence, I think, from traditional point of view, is a good thing. It, it brings our faithful yeah. back to, you know, when the last time we prayed for the Pope, you know. Yeah. And, and don't you think a lot of that's brought back in this time of crisis because people can't have the sacraments when they want them, right? Correct. It was just always. It's, and, it, it, and I think it really happens to a lot of people that have been away from the church, too. Even though they haven't been going regularly, now that they can't go, it's like that old saying, you you really want what you can't have. Exactly. And it causes a lot of fear because people think, okay, well, I could die. This is a, this is a pandemic. I could die. And if I die and I haven't been to confession, I'm going to hell. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was a person called me yesterday, uh, her aunt, a different diocese, not, you know, and she really worried because her family with the, the aunt that is potentially dying and the diocese there have a policy the priest cannot visit. So she said, what, what, what next? What, what are we going to do? So I told her about the, the um, uh, what was that? Uh, apostolic the, uh, pardon. Apostolic pardon. Yeah, apostolic Apostolic, apostolic pardon. <laughs> and it's part of the, 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 the extreme unction, right? But yet in the prayer itself, you know, they do that. And I told her, you know, make sure the priest know about it, that her aunt is dying. So therefore, there is protocol from Catholic tradition really hang on to that. So what, what Deacon Tim say is true. You know, in a moment of crisis, our faith is shaking. And, and where we turn to? We turn to the Mother Church tradition. You know, all these indulgence the Pope invoked on that. Like I said, it's nothing new. But it, it's good that we can use that, know that where our faith is. So it, it's, I think it's, it's a good thing. Yeah, and, and the one thing on that I'll just add to that is we had I got this document from the uh, what's it from from the National Association of Catholic Chaplains, and it's a it's a great thing. It says here it says this is this this apostolic pardon. It's the church's way of communicating to all believers that our merciful, compassionate God is with us, bringing us near, forgiving us, and embracing us in this time of great suffering, anxiety, and fear. And we just have to remember that. Yeah. Right? But, the, but the apostolic pardon is given on the, the, the <clears throat> if, if they're near death, right? Correct. Yeah, only. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's why the the indulgence, the plenary indulgence, it's, it shouldn't just be a one tri, one-time strive for. Okay, I, I strive for it. I'm done. Okay. Because you don't know if you receive the plenary indulgence or the partial indulgence until you're on the other side of the veil, the exactly. other side of death. Mm-hmm. Okay, only God knows if you've met those requirements. So it should always be something you strive for all the time. Yeah, that's what you know. When in the Bible, Jesus, God, is very clear. You know, I'm not. I'm looking for righteousness. I'm looking for faithfulness. So the, all the plenary indulgence it, it drawn us with how how faithful we are. You know, when when Jesus will be coming up this week, it's beautiful. The passion. You know, the Palm Sunday, my God. When when he faced that, the first thing, all his disciples get to where they go. They split. You know? And and all of this, you know, I think it's crucial for us to be aware of the gift of faith that, that draws us to that faith. It's just so important. Well, that was... Uh... That was another good question and very, uh, very much top of mind for a lot of folks uh, nowadays. Uh, the The last question that we have is actually our, our main topic of today. Tim, that's yours. Go ahead. That's right. Oh, <laughs> it's really You're the it's one. the it's the easiest thing that we can talk about, and that is uh, holy, the Holy Trinity. <laughs> the Holy Trinity. <laughs> and so, uh, as we were uh, going to talk about this. Uh, one of the things I asked each of these guys to do is to uh, give us a uh, give. What's your picture? Give send me the your picture of what the Trinity. How to explain the Trinity? What's a good way to for somebody to to visualize the Trinity? And 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 I went first, and these guys all kind of they both kind of laughed at me because you know I'm an engineer, so I did the <laughs> the the straight graphic. Uh, this, uh, 
you all may have seen this before. I know, I'm sure, Father, you've seen that before, right? The, yes. the little thing there in Dallas, you've seen that before. And and uh, it's kind of easy for me in a diagram form to uh, to kind of really talk about. Uh, Deacon Dallas sent me a screenshot off of his phone uh, that looks like that. Uh, I'm not sure. Dallas, you want to say a little bit about what that is? What that was? Where'd you got that? What? You talking about this one? Yes, sir. Do you have it on yours? I, I do. It's up on the screen. Yep. Oh, I just like it. Just the look of it. Uh, I like old old pictures. You know, it, it's similar to the the look of what we have up at St. John, St. John the Evangelist at the top of our church. It, it does, doesn't it? It does kind of have that. It's that, just got a look. Same centering. Yeah. yeah. And then Father Lynn said, get the icon of the Holy Trinity. And, uh, that's the one you see there in front of you. And, and that's actually, I took a class uh, last year on icons. And this is one of the icons that uh, a couple of folks did their final report on. It's, it's a very uh, beautiful icon. You want to just kind of take folks through that just a little bit? Actually, that's the first time I've ever seen the Holy Spirit represented as a. Yeah, the, the, the name of this icon, the Trinity, called the, um, the Hospitality Abraham, is an ancient. From the Russian painter around what, 1900, early, very early 1900, uh, and it 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 captivated. You know, they, there's a lot more detail to it, especially in the color. They, you know, if you study icon, you know, they use a lot of color. But the unique about this, they are not in competition. Uh, the unique about the Trinity in this day, the the Trinity, the three angels. When Abraham encounter, it's actually they sit around in conversation, you know, in, in the intimate way. So I love this this icon a lot because you know, you know that you know, every time we talk about the Trinity, the best way to shut the hell up, you know, you can't really talk about it. <laughs> but you, we can have a mimic understanding, but it is it speaks so well of the eloquence of, of the, the the inner life of God that's not in competition, but it constantly. In conversation, you know, like a synergy that keep, keep, keep dancing. So that for me, that icon, of course, we don't have time, but there's a, there's a lot of signify behind the whole trinity, beside the colors. But it actually the name of the hospitality of Abraham. So for me, that image. Yeah, and every, you know, one of the things I learned in, in iconography is that every everything has a meaning. The colors have a meaning. There's nothing. There's nothing that's put in an icon that doesn't matter. And literally, we could take weeks and study this icon and, and come to di different things about it. But I think, Dallas, you had one of the best quotes that I've ever that pretty famous about. If you think you understand the Trinity, you don't. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> You're wrong. You're wrong. So I think that's one of the things that, uh, you know, we just have to, to remember that it is a it is a mystery of our faith. Uh, you know, there are three persons, there is one God and you have to really kind of work, work towards that and pray about it. And, you know, I think I personally, I think I have a relationship with all three persons, right? And I pray to Jesus and so, under certain, certain circumstances, I pray to God, the father under certain, certain circumstances, and I pray to the Holy Spirit under certain circumstances. Yeah. If you remember, even in class, Deacon Tim, they asked us, I don't know if you remember this. The professor asked us, when you hear the word God, what do you think? Well, most people raise their hand on, 
even though I believe in the Trinity, I, when I hear just God, the Word, I think of God the Father. But in reality, it's Jesus and the Holy Spirit too. Yeah, somebody said, is it better to pray to, to, to Jesus or to the Holy Spirit? Yeah. <laughs> and the answer is, yeah, yes. <laughs> just pray, just pray. <laughs> just, just pray. So, you know, I'm not sure if, if people have other specific questions about uh you know the Trinity. I think we could, we could, like I said, we could spend days and hours talking about the Trinity, and 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 probably still not do it justice. Uh, I was wondering if there were any good books out there on the Trinity. I didn't really research that at all. I don't know if uh, you guys. Well, a lot. If you can Google on YouTube Trinity and Saint Patrick, you know that little. Uh, I think y'all probably all watched it. That little animated thing about uh, uh, these little. I don't know what you would call them. Munchkins or something getting getting on St. Patrick because he was wrong with the whole clover thing and how that's really a uh, uh, wrong way to look at God. Have y'all seen y'all seen those that animation? All y'all out there, Google that uh, Trinity and St. Patrick. It's a little three to four minute animated YouTube video. But I do recommend too. You know, you have a chance. Go read the doctrine of the the, the Trinity. You know, go into uh, Vatican website and read it. Because when you talk about it, oftentimes we know the Trinity, oftentimes we, we say one God, three person. We kind of stuck there, right? But in, in, in Catholic theology, there is a theology of the Trinity, and there is the economy of the Trinity. When we talk about the economy, what the hell is the language for you? Economy is the, the action of the activity of the person. You know, like for you, Deacon Dallas, it's not you are the person, Deacon Dallas, but the activity you do right? Bring and hand your personhood. So therefore, I know Dallas through the activity that you do, right? So that you can tell the same thing. So therefore, when you talk about the Holy Trinity, because Jesus manifests this reality, so we come to know a lot of the Trinity through the economy of God, okay? The economy of God. So from there, we discover the theology, which is one God, three person in the relational spiration, all this language that Augustine, you know, Aquinas talking about, you know. And so to know the theology, it it called us to become more exploratory in the life of God. You know, you know, we just cannot stand and say, okay, God is merciful. If we know what Jesus Christ, we do not know God merciful, right? And, and so the more we deepen our faith commitment to what Jesus done for me, you know, I, I kind of push people back through this time of year. You know, it's the highest celebration for us. You know, the, the trudium, you know, the passion of Christ. The more we chew on it, my God, the more we come to where God is extremely merciful. See, that is the economy of God. So therefore, when we question about the Trinity, okay, how we come to know about Live it, you know. Dive into that, 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 that meat and butter of God, you know, and and we come to realize. So therefore, for me, you know, many people talk about the Trinity. Yeah, exactly what you say. You know, you're wrong. Yeah, but you have to live in it. You know, can we really know about life? No, we don't. Right? When we just like we 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 so secure right now. You know, before this pandemic, now everybody freaked out. We're not in control. 
Life is in control. God is in control. So therefore, yeah, I, I want to add that on to that conversation, the Trinity. But read, read the doctrine of, of the church. Really, it's, it's tough, but it's worth reading. Uh, go to the source. Read it. So understand the theology. There is an economy. So understand how that related and how Jesus himself in a biblically manifest to us that we're able to come up with this, the doctrine of the Trinity is so crucial. Yeah, with, with all the, I don't know, free time is the word, two words to use, everybody has right now, there's, there's kind of no excuse to your right. home. Yeah, exactly. You have the internet. Even though mine was down the other day, it was driving me crazy. <laughs> My son had to drive up to this parking lot to get his college paper sent through the never to use the internet here because our internet was down. Learn your faith. Get on the internet, punch in the catechism, subject matter, Trinity, read it. There's no excuse not to know your faith now. So there'll be a test when everybody starts coming back to church. Yeah, and so and so one of the and this question came actually from a couple of different people, but uh, one of one of the questions actually came from a from a from a non-Catholic perspective, a, a, a Baptist perspective, and you know, Father, you and I talked about that, I guess, uh, in, after Mass or before Mass about how it obviously to be a Christian means to, to believe in the Trinity, but in some cases, some some Protestant faiths don't really explore the Trinity and and specifically Baptists, I guess, they have issues trying to find that specifically in the Bible and and using that as, as justification. Like Jesus is, is God. Obviously, you know, we see it, we talk about it, but sometimes in the I guess in the translations and things, some things can get kind of skewed in, in different directions. Um, but I think that's some of the folks that have converted to Catholicism still kind of maybe struggle with that because their friends and families are, are, are Baptist or, or, or Lutheran or, or whatever. How would you how would you help them explain that to their their family members or to their friends who are, you know, unsure in the Trinity? Not from a Catholic. I mean, that aren't in the Catholic tradition. I think for me, you know, we, we live in a culture, I, I, I say a lot, extremely cerebral, extremely puritan, you know. Uh, we, we are caught up in this, what is, okay? But in the Catholic Church, our doctrine had to do with why is. Why the Trinity? It is not what is the Trinity. Because when you question the word what, you, you keep dancing and have one God, three person, you know. But why is? Because all of that permeate, you can quote in every biblical, in regard to Jesus, he always pointed to the Trinity. Always. For his Father, the Holy Spirit. But yet, you know, you read the Catholic doctrine, you can see the language that, the thing that teach us about our faith is not us discover. It's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It's the Holy Spirit. In other words, so to answer the question, you know, Catholic ought to find a link between the daily living of faith into the doctrinal reality that we are trying to mimic it. You know what I'm saying? It has to fuse together. Think about it, Tim. You know, think about the time we, we study, you know, to solve three equation, three unknown. 
or, or, or integration of, of pi to infinity, you know, in mathematically, until you get on the field and then say, ah, got it. You understood the language that you learned in the book, but permeate your life. You remember when we grew up, you know, mom and dad tell us a lot of things, beat the shit out of us, you know. We don't get it until we grow up and say, ah, understand it now. You know what I'm saying? So for me, to teach the Trinity or, or apolog apologetic about it, it's not something that, that really, you know, it, it for theologian in that heavy court. But for us, I think it's speaking from the commonality, you brought up the, you know, the great uh, St. Patrick, you know, that, that's what it is. He explored in the commonality of that he discovered. Which somebody just posted on the YouTube video on the comments, if anybody wants to click on it. <laughs> so the YouTube video I was there. talking about, yeah. it's on there. Yeah. I mean, and again, I think that's that's a good point that we don't want to try to to be apologetic about our, our beliefs on the Trinity. You know, there is a scriptural basis for all of it, though. I mean, it's it's pretty clear. I, I think I don't have the I don't have the uh, chapter and verse of it, but very, very biblical. All through. Well, it, it is biblical, but I've discussed with like you were running up Protestants at work all the time with people who did not believe in the Trinity, and they would give Bible <clears throat> quotes too, like when Jesus is, no one is good except the Father. You know, well, if Jesus is God, what is he saying? He's not good. I mean, so so there is a defense on the other side. Now, they're wrong, <laughs> and without divine revelation given to the church, it is hard because we, you know, in, in early church, it was argued and argued. You know, we, is Jesus God? Is Jesus That's what God's in, you know, the doctrinal, the, the, to read the, the even the within the church, yes, it sir. was argued because once it hit the dogmatic already, it say let's not talk about it anymore. It's done, okay. So therefore, many of us love to argue quote left and right. Go into the doctrine and read it. Bible quote left and right in there. It's it, it, not something the judge sit around think about something and talk about the Trinity. Yeah, no, it, and it's and if you have a copy of the Catechism, you know, go to the Catechism. Yeah. It, it'll take you. It'll take you back to the biblical quotes, uh, but it's not light reading. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is. It's it's heavy. It's heavy stuff. But I, I kind of like to to think of it as, you know, just like I was talking about the personal relationships that I have in, in certain situations. You know, like on Good Friday, you know, a lot of my prayers are going to be through Jesus Christ, right? Because we're we're celebrating his his passion and death, right? And so I I can I try to relate to that. That's him as as the person. I know inside that he's God, but there's a personal side of that. You know, that's why we say we say three persons. They have distinct descriptions. They have distinct characteristics, but they all are 100 percent God, and they all contain each of it. Of, of the other one. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's hard for our human minds to grasp that, but you can have a relationship with those three persons in different situations and still always have the same relationship with God. This is why I want to throw in to you, bro, it is the number one for me concern in our modern society. Many of us have no identity of who we are because we don't associate who we are in what we do. There is a distance right there. Like I said, back to theology and economy. So therefore, we don't know who we are or what we do in a link that there is a distortion. You know, many people, you know, talk to me in regard to they do their job, but they hate it. And what the hell do you do that for? You know what I'm saying? 
Uh, in marriage life, when when we don't find a true vocation authentically, then then we live outside the Trinity. The Trinity is in us. Mm. You know, it, 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 it's it's Thomas Aquinas talk about that. You know, the love, the beloved, and the beloved. It's all rooted in us because our own character begins with what we do and what we want to do. You know, like you know, the, the great Paul Tillich, you know, the Protestant theologian always say, this is, I, I, can, I can say who you are based on what you're, you are worshiping. Mm. You know, in, in the, what you do, then that personifies what you are. It's very important. Because so therefore, you know, the Trinity, like I say, for me, is in you. We are, we are made in the image yes, and likeness of God. Of God and right? the image of God is the Trinity. The Trinity, speak for me, crazy, but it is, is an activity of the, the true self, the truest self. Yeah, and the, there's and there's relationships between those three persons, yes, too. And I think that's one of the things, you know, that, you know, and there's a question there on Facebook that says, uh, Megan Johnson says she listened to a podcast and the Holy Spirit was that he is the love between the father and the son. That's relationship. That's what we're, we're talking about there is those three persons have relationships between themselves and still they can still be one yeah. God. And that's the, the part that's hard for our mind to grasp. It's like on Good Friday when we read the Passion, we hear Jesus say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You know? He is talking to his father there, and he's he's crying out. Right there's a relationship there, and he's suffering, and just you know, really hundred percent human. He's suffering. That's right. And he's reaching out to his father. God take on in Jesus, you know, the both fully God, fully man. So therefore, this urge of Christ is through the manly, of, if you will, of God in man. That he truly experienced urgently. So therefore, in Jesus, the unique about Jesus Christ, the homo usios, is that you cannot separate, okay, this is God, Jesus, and this is man, Jesus. It just, no, it just Jesus. So that for that articulation, it, it, he cried out in the Son as the Son of God. He urged the cry, you know. So for me, it, like I say, back to my point, you have to... Do you want to know about the Trinity? Chew Jesus daily. Go to Mass. You know, <laughs> uh, you know I say to many times, God is not something you read, read from a book. You know? Do the sacramental life of the church. Jesus gave us that life. The church is not something to pop up one day. Jesus instituted the church. You know, the Eucharist, I, I failed to mention you guys on that, I'm sure you all know that already. We celebrate the Eucharist, the Mass, if you will. It's a whole trinity. Jesus offered himself to the Father and called down the Epiclesis, remember? To the Holy Spirit. Epiclesis? Yeah. You know, all that, it's all, if any trinity. You know, the reading, right? First reading. Deal with the Father, right? And then Paul, and then the Gospel, Jesus, and the homily is the expound of the Holy Spirit. It's not a sermon, guys. You don't even know that, right? Right. A homily is not a sermon. <laughs> homily is... And at the end of every prayer, you say, with with 
the Father, the Son, yes, in sir. unity of the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah. yeah. We don't pray in Jesus' name. We pray yeah. in the Trinity. And yeah. Megan, getting back to what Megan just said, this reminded me of, uh, you know, she said uh, this, uh, or is it this podcast said the Holy Spirit, that he is the love between the Father and the Son. Out of that total self-giving love of the Father and that total self-giving love of the Son, a th there's a third person, the Holy Spirit, okay? Now think back. That's what marriage is all about, okay? Marriage mar mirrors the Trinity. Out of that total self-giving love from the husband and total self-giving love from the wife, they come. That love comes together in the conjugal act, and out of that love comes what a third person. Mm -hmm. It mirrors the mirror truth. Everything. You know, from the from the signs right now, you know, we 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 love to draw to the nuclear fusion, right? The true fusion is when you know proton electron is going to smash hard. Then it, it creates this this synergy. That's why life. <laughs> you know, life, life. That's what creation is. Mm -hmm. When, when God the Father, through the Word, St. John Gospel, very clear, came creation. It, it, uh, 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 Aquinas called it the diffusion of the, 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 the diffusion of love. The diffusion. It's just so massive. It creates. You know, God don't sit in there and say, okay, I can create, you can tell, I can create, you know, no. The diffusion of blood, blood it just come out. Explosion. And, and for me, pushing that further, you know, what the hell of it, you know? That's what resurrection is. Yeah. You can't contain resurrection. Wow. That was deep stuff. Friday night in Lent. And uh, it's been noted that, uh, Father, they thought you gave up alcohol for Lent. <laughs> this is theology. <laughs> We might say busted, but but uh, the the original name that we were going to go with for the podcast here was uh, what was it? Doctrine and drinks. Doctrine and drinks and with, with the deacons, deacons or something, yeah. or in somewhere in that order. Yeah, I've been solicited by deacons. Well, you're a deacon still, right? <laughs> I yeah. am a deacon. Oh yeah, that's what. That's, <laughs> let's go all the way back to where we first started the hierarchy of the church. Bishop, deacon is at the bottom. He, he makes sure we know that all the time too. Out there. Deacon, priest, bishop. Okay, here's a quick one for everyone out there. Every bishop is a priest and deacon. Every priest is a deacon, but every deacon is not a priest or a bishop. Right? Right. <laughs> you want to explain that? What's Father Lynn, a lot of people don't know, Father Lynn is a deacon. He yeah. did not lose that when he became a priest. Deacon, first of all, to ordain as a deacon, first of the order to serve in service. So therefore, you know, when... When the deacon wear the stole across, right? Many people don't recognize that. That is the shaft, the act of Jesus Christ. Remember, remember, you guys remember when Jesus, well, this coming Holy Thursday, he washed his feet, right? He tied, and then he washed. So it, it's called the, the, the deacon of service. Why deacon proclaim the gospel? Because the deacon is the servant of the word of God. Even if the Pope is present, the deacon yes. proclaims it. Because the, the deacon is the, uh, we call it the uh, uh, ordinary minister. Ah, 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 ah. Ordinary. The ordinary minister of the word of God. Okay? So therefore, the deacon privilege is to hold, carry the gospel 
Okay, if the deacon present at a mass, deacon carry the gospel. Deacon proclaim the highest word of, of the, the, the Bible is Jesus. And deacon can preach. Okay, so therefore the key minister behind the great deacon's ministry is to serve the word of God. Okay, and, and when we ordain as a priest, a priest, one of the character priests, like I said, he's not a minister. The priest ordained is to have ability to consecrate, and the, uh, the original is the bishop, because because the the, the nature of the church is so broad, so the the priest became the extension of the bishop's hands. Okay, there's a lot of things that only bishop prefer to do instead of priest. For example, um, in our diocese, for example, confirmation, right? Confirmation, the bishop prefer that he's doing it, unless he can do it, he, you never know. Like upcoming situation right now, our confirmation class this year is being postponed. Uh, so therefore, uh, if the bishop felt that we need to confirm right away and he has no time, he might delegate me to confirm, okay? So the, 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 the consecration, its ability to separate his priest and deacon is that ability. Okay. That's just one thing. <laughs> that was just the thing I was getting, uh, what everybody was saying on but I'm still on the camera. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. So to Andrew, to feel what you say, Deacon Dallas, it has to do with uh, the role of the deacon it is very crucial. Uh, recently, the church, not recent, I've talked about since, you know, Pope St. John Paul II, reactivate uh, the life of the deacon, I think is very important. It is signifying that character uh, of, of servant and service. But every priest becomes a deacon. Oh, we have to go there to then, deacon first. Yeah. Then becomes a priest. And Jesus say what? I come to serve, not to be served. So therefore, in order for priest to have a power to consecrate to the extension of the hand of the bishop, he must ordain as a deacon. Okay. Forever deacon, okay? Forever deacon. How did we get on that subject? <laughs> I can think of that. That's enough. Something come up. I forget what it was now. But that's the point you mentioned a few days ago. You know, people are still confused in regard to deacon cannot yeah. bless. Remember yeah, that? Ever, so for everybody out there, a deacon can, can bless. bless sacramental. Mm -hmm. Rosaries, he can make holy water, he can, you know, uh, whatever else, metals, uh, immaculate metals, any any sacramental, bless houses. And there is no difference between a deacon, priest, and bishop's blessing. They're all the same. You know, one doesn't have more power than the other. Well, it depends what, in what century, because yeah. some century well, has a... Bishop, blessing is it costs a lot more. Well, we were talking about plenary indulgences too, yeah. right? They they there well, was a point when plenary indulgences were sold, correct? Well, there's an argument where they sold giving to I've heard the argument that they would you know, as we went down through century it was called selling, but but giving to something was one of the things you could do to gain a plenary indulgence. Correct. So they people use they you know if you give me money to build this church, 
then you receive a plenary, and that got to be known as sold it. But one of the one of the you know requirements was to give, and since then the giving of money they've done away with it because it it comes with uh, uh, abuse, which was done very much. Yeah, simony. Simony. Great sin of the church. Simony. There won't be a quiz at the end, I promise. But it, uh, you know, as we wrap that sub- subject up, it is now time for Saint of the Day. Does Does anybody in this room or it's online <laughs> know <laughs> who today's Saint and of the Day way, is? For a helpful hint, it's not on the calendar you have hanging. Yeah, we're using for our Saints of the Day. We're using. This is good. This is delayed a little bit. I have to get this around. We're using this. I took a class on iconography, and this is a book that has saints of the day with icons on them. And today's saint of the day is Saint. That was wrong. That was for Wednesday. We moved the date. If it was Wednesday, it was going to be Saint Hugh of Grenoble. Today is Saint Sictus the First. Saint. He was a pope, right? He was a pope. He was a pope from. Let's see if I can get this here. Uh, yeah, well, no, first century. First century. Sixus was born to a family of shepherds towards the end of the first century. Pope from 115 to 125. That means very close to uh, the time of Jesus, right? Probably knew some some people who knew the apostles, right? He should know uh, Paul. Uh, since there's no certain information concerning his martyrdom, he was not inserted in the new universal calendar of the church. He does appear, however, in the representation of the martyrs in the Basilica of St. Apollinaire at Ravenna. Ravenna. Sictus is the Latin origin and means sixth. Although, I wonder if he was the sixth pope. I'll have to check that out. Probably so. St. Sictus. I guess I should have showed the the picture here. St. Sixtus. This is the picture of St. Sixtus. So there we go. Saint of the day. St. Sictus the first. Okay, so that moves us back to the last uh, last part of uh, today is uh, questions from the viewers. Uh, looks like we have uh, we have twenty eight uh, viewers currently online. We have some questions. If you go back to the beginning, yeah, I'm going back to the beginning. Uh, here's a good question: The Catechism of the Catholic Church states that there is no salvation outside of the Catholic Church. Can you explain? Correct. Correct. You want me to go or you want to go? You can go. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Let's that just... is a true statement. There is no salvation outside the Catholic Church. So what does that mean? Does only Catholics go to heaven? Well, if you ask Carl Keating, he's the founder of Catholic Answers. I remember I heard him 20 years ago. Yes, only Catholics go to heaven. But I got some bad news. Only Catholics go to hell. <laughs> because when you die, you are giving all knowledge of the truth. So that would make you a Catholic right there. So you go to heaven or hell. But getting back to the original question, there is no salvation outside the church. That is a true statement. Jesus Christ is the head. The church is the body. You cannot separate the two. The church through time has developed its meaning of what it means to be part of the church. You can be part of the church visibly, as in like baptized Catholic, or let's say uh, a Baptist or a Methodist that we recognize their baptism, they are act, They are also part of that one 
holy Catholic and apostolic church through their baptism, okay? But there, we also acknowledge that there's other type of ways to be attached to the church unknown to us here on earth, but known to God alone. So if you die and you're not in the visible bounds of the church and you go to heaven, God grants you heaven, it is still through his church that all grace come, through the head, through the body, and you go to heaven. That is, that, that is what I mean. If an atheist or somebody in the jungle who never even hears the word of God, if they are granted heaven, it is still through his church. Somehow, either visibly known to us or invisibly unknown to us. Anybody want to add? Yeah, I want to add on to that. I think the nature behind that question, oftentimes, our people kind of confuse uh, because... When they hear the word Catholic, Catholic. they, they yeah. resort to a small C as an institution of the small church compared to a Presbyterian or Episcopalian. But when we talk about the Catholic Church, it's talking about this C, the big C, when Christ introduced one holy Catholic apostolic faith. Okay, the poor pilgrim. The universal church. Yes, sir. And so therefore, no salvation outside of that church. Okay. So oftentimes people say that was you know people oftentimes say uh, uh, um, uh, Catholic is Christian. I oftentimes respond to them, no, 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 Christian is Catholic. Okay, we are living in our Catholic apostolic tradition is the big C. It's not a little C. So I think there there is a confusion uh, in that regard because in the teaching of the church, very clear. You know what? One, the splinter that people in schism that split away from the church, they don't have the fullness of truth. Okay, they have a glimpse of it, but they don't have the fullness. In other words, when 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 we look at a certain reality, we have a direct line, an indirect line. Okay, so therefore, I, I would add on to that everything you say, Deacon Dallas, but add on the point that. When we talk about the Catholic Church, for us, is the church. Okay, there's no question about the church that Jesus instituted. Jesus formed that church through Peter, through Paul. That's it. We go back to that essential, read the apostolic, uh, act of apostle. The language very clear on that. So therefore, that is the church we're talking about, which happened to be succeed all the way to Pope Francis right now. One lineage line, that is the church, okay? So therefore, when people oftentimes think the Catholic Church, okay, compared to the Baptist Church, no, 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 there is the, the confusion in that, okay? So yep. Therefore, in the Apostle Creed, we talk about one Holy Catholic yeah. Church. That is the same church that we all belong to. Right. But I think, just to add, add to that too, I think a lot of times pre-Vatican too, I think there was a lot of a lot of people that that were taught that yes. that you had to be Catholic in order to go to, go to heaven be, to have salvation. And Vatican too really took that and really addressed it. In, in what is the church exactly yeah. addressed? What is the well, church? Well, back when when it, when the statement was first made in the early centuries, no salvation outside the church. You were you were basically met. You had Jews, you had Catholics. Exactly. And I'm not sure how far it goes back. You might have had Muslims, and that's mm -hmm. about it. That's mm -hmm. all you had. Right. You know. So once 
the Reformation started, now you have thousands. The Vatican II looked, okay, wait a minute, what is the church? Let's, let's try to define this a little bit better. Yeah, it was funny, you know, not to pick on a buddy of mine from Jordan College. So one time we, 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 we re-recite the Apostle Creed together with, you know, the student over there. And it, it print on the screen, you know, of the Catholic Church. And underneath he say, what did he say? Uh, means universal or something. Means like universal. That. There you go. <laughs> means universal. And I know that because I have a Methodist yeah. pastor friend of mine, and they recite the Nicene Creed at, at, at their service, and they say Catholic Church. It's universal. Yeah. <laughs> so great, great question. Great question. Let's see. Was there another one out there? Uh, I thought Father gave up alcohol for Lent. I guess that's a that's a question. Could you explain the meaning of suffering? Good time. Tim, true. Go ahead. <laughs> take that one. You want me to take that one? <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. We maybe we we the first episode we did we we carried a question over. That might be a good carryover question. Yeah, give us time to 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 think through that. So we're we are at the end of our hour. Suffering is hard to describe, so we'll get into that next time. Uh, uh, it's something that if we was God, we would not pick it to be redemptive. And suffering must be redemptive because look at the passion. Go watch the passion of the Christ, and you'll understand redemptive suffering. Now, well, you might not understand it, but you'll see it. See it, yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of people today are suffering, right? I mean, I have even gave a homily on, you know, we all play. If I was God, I would have picked something else to be redemptive, you know. So how many how many UK ball games can I go to in a year? You know things like that. <laughs> you know, I, I was funny. One of my kids in spiritual direction, she asked me the meaning of suffering. I say suffering is love. It's very clear. And so you know, we in the perfect season right now. You know how how I mean I mentioned that the first time we was preaching uh, via live stream and I talking about. You know, this, this whole coronavirus is like a leg virus. Okay. And moving extremely uncomfortable. We are suffering, you know, from every single individual with coronavirus or not. We suffer in many ways. But it moves us into something, you know. And in this season, it's perfect, you know, the passion of Christ, how unique in that we're suffering reality. So something to think about. We, we can talk more next time. Um, Are we already got, we're in a, at an hour? Yeah. It's uh, almost nine o'clock, man. Wow. wow. It's like wow. my bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> so we can carry that topic. Um, if, if you guys are ready for next week, are, are we convened next week? Yeah. It's a good Friday, you know? Yeah. Maybe we'll do it after. What, what time, time is what, what, what time is our service? So it's six thirty. We could do it after, I guess. We can do after from the six thirty. Go straight into a conversation. Yeah, we could just do it in the in the church. Maybe we'll have better luck. Because all three days probably will be a shortened than its usual. Yeah, we we'll we do the some tri- tri- uh, um, two yeah. use, right? Yeah. So so make sure you tune in. Trid, uh, um. Well, so we'll we broadcast this week. We'll, we'll, we're obviously broadcasting the Palm Sunday tomorrow. Uh, will we do or Wednesday? Sunday. Sorry, sorry, tomorrow, Saturday. Sunday at 1030. And then will we broadcast Wednesday as well as Thursday, we Friday? We live stream Mass on Wednesday, Wednesday. And then we live stream Mass on Thursday. 
um, the Passion of the Holy Thursday, and we do um, Station uh, Good Friday service, service Friday. on Friday, and then we do Easter Vigil on Saturday at eight thirty, and then Easter Sunday morning at ten thirty live stream. So if you, if, if you want to join us on those days, uh, obviously check the website for all the times just to make sure you get everything right. Check Facebook. Uh, I would ask you down there, folks that are watching on Facebook Live right now, hit the like button. Uh, that helps us know that we're giving you stuff that you want to hear. Uh, and if you want to submit questions, too, you can send them to Father Lynn, Deacon Dallas, or myself. Uh, we'll set up a way between now and the next time to, to actually send us questions outside of the comments. Sometimes the comments don't show up for everybody here, but we'll, we'll be able to sort through that and figure that out and uh, make it. Make and remember it, every time you hit the like button, everybody in you in every one of your friends on their newsfeed, it pops up on their newsfeed. Uh, by the way, I do not have Facebook account. <laughs> so I cannot see what you're writing. But he does I have mean, a YouTube, but he does have a YouTube account. <laughs> I do have a YouTube ability. <laughs> yeah. So, Today's recipe and Father Lynn video was posted on YouTube. Uh, so the parish does have a YouTube channel. Uh, we have posted all, f I think you've done five videos now. Five videos uh, of Father Lynn have been posted there. We may cross post this. It won't be live, obviously, but we may cross, cross post this video over to YouTube too, just so people that don't have Facebook can see it. Uh, unfortunately for live masses, we find that Facebook's actually the best venue for us with the internet that we have in the church and, and getting that out. If we can, can we put the masses over to a, the, the YouTube channel? I, I think because we can. A lot of people have now the Roku uh, TVs, the smart TVs. Okay. They can click yeah. on the YouTube channel and watch it on their big screen TV. Yeah, I'll, I'll, and it won't be live at the time, but right. I'll see if we can cross post all the videos. Uh, if you do have an Apple TV uh, and you have your phone, you can actually broadcast up to your TV. Uh, just look that up. Uh, if you have an Apple TV, you can use your phone to broadcast up Facebook Live onto your TV. Uh, it's pretty easy to do. Uh, you know, so I think that's all for today. Father, maybe you could look right into your camera and square it up, and maybe you could give folks a blessing. Would you do? Would you mind doing that? Right. The Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Grace is God. Send you grace and blessing to be with our people who participate with us and. Continue to guide us and strengthen us during this time of difficulty. Always drawing us closer to, especially this week, we began to celebrate the passion of our Lord Jesus Christ and receive the true redemption of God's eternal mercy. And may Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God bless. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Bye. God bless. Father, maybe you can... Couldn't stop sweating all that running back.